Your help makes a difference. This is 90.1 KPFT Houston. This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. Abijoles, a response to frijolchuelas. Dear Morita Dominicana, joven victima, I am sorry you feel out of place. Join the club. We live in music memory in these parts. We forget our indigenous names, have to reference Guardian articles to know we are Yaqui, Carancawa, Huichol, Azteca. I know my Spanish sing-song annoys your eardrums. We look simple to you. I told my brothers when they went to your malecon to watch out for the waves. But they got drunk off all the work, the mamahuana. They sent money, but no word. It's just that we haven't seen you before. You are new here, and didn't you know? If you look brown, even black, you Mexican. They'll treat you like us, everyone who isn't white in Texas, and the Norte is a Mexican. You are as immigrante as us Dominican, Mexican, Central American, Mexican, next to a Pakistani Mexican. And they want us all against the outside of this border wall. It's okay. We'll get bullied for you. We'll try to correct the hueritos when they speak on the news. Those Mexicans bring disease, drugs. They bring terrorists. I'm not as sophisticated as you. I am from El Monte, a rancho only with a second grade education. You are fierce, stubborn like me. You use a machete. You don't have guardaespaldas. You have huachimans. Your speak is as messed up as mine. I don't want to take it away, but I want you to know who you are too, Taino. We have the same landlord, an Espanol with awful humor. He dropped by, said he needed some things, ransacked the house, infected us all with smallpox, Spanish, and Jesucristo. And here we are, ignorant neighbors, fighting over shorelines, dancing to different temples, eating the same rice and beans, breathing the same air. Didn't you know every cumbia corrido where a Morena exists, I think of you. We can teach one another, look on maps, laugh about dirt floors and blackouts, make up new words. Frijoles and avichuelas will be the avijoles we feed ourselves. Hues of flesh, the words from breath, a baby who looks like you and works like me or looks like me and fights like you. Either way, that baby, every glorious baby in this world from now on, will be a beautiful shade of brown. All right, and that is Lupe Mendez kicking off our radio show on the eve 
of the 21st anniversary of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. Lupe Mendez, let people know the title of that awesome piece. Uh, that title is, the title of this poem is Abijoles, uh, a response to Frijochuelas, which wifey Jason Mendez wrote about a year before. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I feel that and I'm going to write something to it. So. And tomorrow you get a sneak preview of his new collection of poems. Why? I am like tequila. That's right, baby. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. It will all happen tomorrow evening from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Museum of Fine Arts Houston. It is free. If you want to RSVP, you can call in now. We'll take some RSVP calls because we love you. And first five people who RSVP will get a free copy of Wisache because we have the Godfather of Chicano Literature in the studio with us, Dagoberto Gilb. Oh, man. Birthday, New <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we're 21. We can go. Drink. We can do whatever we want we can do now. Do what we want now. This is my house. Nah, this is sad, <laughs> we're man. on our own. Dago, thanks for coming in, man. Thank hey, you so much. Always happy to be with with such beautiful men. <laughs> <laughs> we can say that because we're on the air yeah, on radio. Yeah, right. No one can contradict it. I can see it. And of course, you are dear listeners who've joined us for all this time. Maybe you've stumbled onto the show. On mistake, hey, we've only been on the air for 18 years and existed for yeah. 21 years. This is the yeah. 22nd year when, when we usually get discovered by other folks. But, <laughs> but tomorrow, it all comes together. Don't think of it as a regular reading. It will be at the Museum of Fine Arts Houston. I don't know, fancy. There'll be a little reception afterwards, too, from 830 to 1030. Go Little Vinito Cash Bar. So those little sandwiches, you know, like the La Gente de, de Calidad. Yeah, Go yeah, make yeah. Them, like the little, the little the finger, finger sandwiches, sandwiches, things like that. Yeah. So 20 of those is one taco. Sweet. And and then, of course, headlining it is Dagoberto. We'll be talking to him in a little bit. And, of course, you will join us. And then we've got Mari Carmen Ramirez. Time Magazine named her one of the most influential Latinas in the country. What? Director of Latin American Art at the Museum of Fine Arts Houston. Did you know they own Chicano art at the Museum of Fine Arts Houston? I actually did not know that. I did not know that. It's actually on display right now because of like part of Latino art now, they've been working with the community since the beginning of the planning of Latino art now. So they've got a whole exhibit between despair and grief, and it really is a powerful exhibit. They got a Luis Jimenez right outside. Speaking what? of Chicanos from Houston, Texas. Yeah. He had the piece at Moody Park. El, El Paso. El, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Man, you you want to you want to argue about? It. <laughs> he's, in, he's in my first book, man. His art. That's right. That's right. So That's he had right. fake papers. <laughs> fake papers. It's it happens, man. We, we <laughs> it spread the it's spreading the love. It's like putting it out well, there and making sure that it's around. That's well. It. And you, and you, when you walk in tomorrow, as you're coming through the the uh, parking past the cafe, it's the big fiberglass piece where the the man is carrying someone on his shoulders across. The Frontera, right there. And it's a huge piece. It's about 10 feet tall, made out of fiberglass, right there in the hallway. And then you walk in to see some more works, uh, including your buddy, Cesar Martinez. Uh, they're both my buddies, but Cesar's more my brother. He's like, um, yeah, they're fabulous, both of those men. They're really good men. So now we've got the Chicano Trinity. At the <laughs> at the Museum of Fine Arts Houston tomorrow, which is going to be exciting. Yeah, poetry, nice. literature. We're going to actually talk to Mari Carmen Ramirez all about the uh, all about what it means, what they've purchased, what else they have. They they have pieces from other uh, Latinx artists. Uh, I think some from Argentina as well, which is really exciting. So it'll be a little Q and A with her. 
And then, of course, we have the other uh, writers, Roque Planas, who is a reporter for the Huffington Post, among the first reporters who wrote about the ban of ethnic studies in Arizona, yeah, yeah, yeah. wrote first about the Libre Traficantes. And more than that, he followed the court case all the way through, even to the end. Right. So even at the at, at the final stages, when that terrible un-American law was being reviewed at the Arizona Supreme Court, he was there in the hot Tucson heat. So hats off to him. He's got a new piece, a sneak preview of a brand new piece, which is very exciting. That's dope. And then, of course, we've got Liana Lopez Lilo. Right. She'll be sharing information. She's a mixed media specialist about her MP life. Got it. We mentioned you, and you've got your book coming out. I love it that you started with Nuestra Palabra. You got a book coming out. He's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my I know. God. Get it, it while it's hot. Get it while it's hot. <laughs> That's sweet. Man. That's perfect. Thanks, Thanks man. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jasmine Mendez. Yep. Your beautiful wife with her book. Yep. Wow. And then Leslie Contreras Schwartz, who's also started with Mr. Parava and actually got a book out as well. So I think it's fantastic to get to see it's a packed show. All the different ass phases of it. And everybody, for I'm gonna take the blame because we there's even more writers, there's more information. We're gonna show some videos from the Libertaficantes as well, so you can see some of that. And I think the whole point is to show the the evolution of community cultural capital. We'll make some announcements. So this is the end. Of our t- first two decades, now that we're 21 and of age, we're going to take things into overdrive. I can't announce everything else, but, of course, a representative from Adrian Garcia will be there to announce some new initiatives. But here's the thing I wanted people to think about as we, we go to our talk to Dagoberto Gilbo about all kinds of cool stuff. Tomorrow, when Adrian Garcia, Harris County Commissioner Precinct 2, his representative makes an announcement about different initiatives, including having more Latino literature in annexes in the Harris County Library. I want you to know, remember this, we've gone from underground libraries because we were banned to mainstream institutions. We are the mainstream now. We're not a minority. You're right. We are part of the mainstream. And as such, we're going to approach the world in that manner. And, of course, make build bridges, blow people's minds. And I'm making the call right now. Just like we promised you, Arizona would overturn its racist ban, and they did. Just like we told you, Texas State Board of Education would endorse Mexican American Studies, and they did. We're telling you today, within a year, next year we're going to be celebrating because Houston will be the center of Latino art in the entire nation. I would also like to... I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) I want to know, the one thing that hasn't changed in 21 years, you know what? the one thing that hasn't changed in 21 years... You like to do this whole sneak peek, but I can't tell you much more because the show is tomorrow. <laughs> you have always done that, and now you've got me sitting here on the edge of my seat. Not because I'm short, my feet would dangle if I sat back. That's not why. But I need more info, and you're just going to hold out on me like that. You, you always do this to me. And, and I must continue that. Man, so. y'all get a show to the show tomorrow. Museum of Fine Arts Houston, I think... Have we ever been in the Museum of Fine Arts Houston to do a showcase? Show? You know what? This is no, no, and this is part of See? the many new partnerships that we're developing. Mascatrin, we've got our suits on. <laughs> we can. We've already been able to drive for a little while. <laughs> so uh, here's on to the. Yeah, you're right. The next decade. Yeah. Excellent. That's it, yo. So we will also give away some RSVPs for callers seven one three five two six five seven three eight. We're gonna so we can give away five copies of Wisache. Do it, man. Excellent. 
Tomorrow, we'll be raffling off additional copies. Now, if you do get a copy today, you got to show up to win it, or else you've donated it back to us, and we're going to donate to someone else. But now, we're going to talk to Dagoberto Gilb a little later on the program. We will have Dr. Jesus Esparza and Matt Richardson, who will be talking about the Tejas Got Soul event coming up April 6th. And then also, our dear friend, our dear friend, our dear friend yo. who's got the alien taco truck, right? Who tells you that no, no, no guacamole, <laughs> <laughs> no guacamole for immigrant haters, especially now as we know that they plan to possibly shut down the. The border. the border. And, like, what did they say in the news, Gabe? If they do shut the border, you've got, like, three months' supply of of uh, aguacates. So, Jose Torres Tama uh, will be here. He has a show coming up uh, at the end of the week, uh, Alien Immigrants and Other Evildoers. All part of Latino Arts Now. now. Uh, and that'll happen at Mecca. And so he'll be on uh, the air to kind of tell us a little bit more about that info. And you can visit mantecahtx.com for more information or, of course, nostapalabra.org. But speaking of Gs, let's get to the original G, Dagoberto Gil, one of the most widely recognized authors in the country, not just for Chicanos, but across American letters. It is great to have you here. Thank you for joining us again. I got quite a few letters. That's <laughs> I got a D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the other thing that I want to uh, mention as well is that now people can Google you and get all kinds of information, especially because you've got uh, so many publications and, and all the major. And I bought all those Google ads. You <laughs> <laughs> bought all those Google ads as well. But for us, too, for Nuestra Palabra, uh, we do want to thank you for being involved with us very early on. Are you kidding? Really? No, I'm thank you for involving me. Seriously, it's been one of the great things I get to do, hanging out with you guys. Look it. I'm across from Tony Diaz <laughs> and Lupe Mendes. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to humbly say this, and I love you to death. In all the conversations, when we first started having Dago come down to do readings for Nesta Palabra, graciously, you gave of your time, your energy, your effort, and your wisdom. Like, I can remember enough times sharing a meal and, and having a drink and asking you flat out, what is the experience of writing? How do you write? What are you doing? How does that work? I got to do my thesis and throw that about that information in there that I was studying under writers who I had connections with that were more than just somebody who came and visited on a campus. I got to actually like be involved with those pieces. Thank you for always being there whenever we needed for you to be there and, and doing that work. Like, it's been life-changing. Ah, uh, grateful you say that, and thanks for the drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I no. can <laughs> never take a compliment. <laughs> it was a compliment. Thank though. you. Thank you. It's good <laughs> stuff, man. And, of course, I think the other thing, too, is a lot of folks, they can Google you. Um, they can also, we have a Q&A that uh, Latino Rebels posted. You can go check that out. But I don't think enough folks know about how you've helped a lot of folks, very basic things that are important. Um, as the founder of Centro at UH Victoria, you actually hired several folks. Yeah. Uh, become professors. Um, you know, I I think people should be aware that when you edited at Chuntejas to help put Texas on the map for Mexican American literature, but also you published Houstonian Voices in there. 
uh, Evangelio Vigil Piñon, Chingo Bling. What? Yeah. Right. Oh, wait, you're gonna tell me he's from El Paso too? No. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then of course I'm I'm proud to be in there. Tanzi, who had started with Nuestra Palabra, you'd read her work through Nuestra Palabra. She was in there as well. And then the publication of so many other writers through things like Wisache. You've got the most important seminal anthologies of Mexican-American literature as well. well. Let's start with this whole idea of giving people jobs, man. That's pretty basic. I never, When I was in getting my MFA in creative writing, no one ever talked about jobs. Well, you know, that's, that, that really is insightful and interesting because, you know, a lot of people in the creative writing industry think of it as mentoring and, and things like this. But I've always had jobs. I, I started working at 13. And it's always been about jobs. I've always had to have a job. And when I got into this business, I, you know, I like students, but, you know, I have to say, look, we're, I'm not going to help you have your baby. Right. You know, your little, you right, know, right, right. you know that we're not going to do that. But I will help you with your piece that are looking at the, these pages. Right. And I'll show you who to talk to next because I want you to get a job. Yeah, that's what I got. I wanted to. I wanted to make money as a writer, and um, and I'm telling you, I have actually. I'm not enough. <laughs> what I didn't know is that even and I've done. I've gone the New York route, right. and it's like, really, <laughs> that's all. But I I think that's that. I think that's an eye opening blessing because even even as I I like uh, having worked with the both of you. Having seen the back end of the logistics of what the writing world is like, coming into the conversations on a professional, quote unquote, academia level of writing, the both of you have been very honest in terms of like, this is what it got me. This is what I could go with it. This is what I could do. And it, it, it I wasn't scared of, okay, I know what I need to get done, what I need to get done. And I'm not going to, there's, there's no, it's not, you know, rainbows and sunshine all the time. You've got your ups, you got your downs. Get it where you can get it and move on and be ready to go. Like that that level of hustle has always been there. And I've always admired that quality in everything you've you've put together and been able to say about it. Well, you know, it's uh, it's also because I was in construction for so long. And I I was in um I I worked a lot of jobs in Texas. And in Texas it was like if you were if you fell off a building before you hit the ground, uh, foreman scream, "You're fired!" <laughs> oh, and then no workman's comp would come to you. Right, right. And one of the first things I wanted, I said, "I don't want to live like this." So I went, I, I went back to L.A. and I joined the union. And I said, "I want to be in union. I want us to join." And so, this shit doesn't happen. Right. So in writing, especially with us. Our family. Right, right. I'm like, let's get together and you don't have to like me and I don't always have to like you, but I look and respect you. You know, it's a job. You're a job friend. Let's do our stuff together right. as one. Right. And we fight together. We we do we better right. us and all around us. Right, right. By being strong, not individually. We aren't rich people. Right. Clearly, we're not from a society, a culture that's rich, right. are given much attention, and this is it. So, like, you take that job. You know, it's almost embarrassing because <laughs> I, when I took the job at 
um, UH, UHV, UH Victoria, I was being sort of, it was suggested I look at another job in California, a better one. But California was going through hell. Right. And it was like, it might be a year, it might be two, it could be three. Right, right. And then this came, and the difference between a highbrow creative writing job in California or in the East Coast is that the better you do as a writer, the richer your students are. Right. <laughs> the richer the families <laughs> are, and the better you are as a writer because the richer kids you work with and you talk to, that means you're better. Right. Right. <laughs> That's how it's see it's so Seen. screwed right, up. Right, right, right. And I went to UHV. I said, you know what? I'm gonna go work where the students are me. Yeah. When I was eighteen. Yeah. I would have loved to have classes with me and my people. Right, right, right. That was the goal. Now, of course, <clears throat> I wanna remind folks that you are the author of nine books, including The Magic of Blood. Last Known Residence of Mickey Acuna, With Cuts of Women, Gritos, uh, and other important books. Uh, the two canonical anthologies that we mentioned, Echo and Tejas, Texas Mexican Literature, and Mexican Literature. Also, Founding Editor Wisache. And we're doing this thing at the MFA tomorrow. So people might think in Los Cremos, we're highfalutin, and you know people could pick you up in the New Yorker, are. Harper's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but tell, tell folks a little more about your 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 working class background too, because that may get lost in the mix, especially tomorrow. I mean, I'm very happy that we're having this great event at this fancy place, but I think we need to do things like that just so that we know that all of Houston is ours. I mean, if you're from the community, if you listen to our show, even if you're not Raza or Chicano or Latino, we are out to make sure that all of our community members feel at home at every level of society, but we all didn't come from here. So tell folks a little bit more about that the working class background for you well you know you know simply my actually i don't know what grade my mother got to but i mean she was undocumented came here very young and um you know i actually you know it's funny when you grow up uh, and well, okay my mother came my father he i know quit going to school probably at 12 or 13 and worked in industrial laundry for 49 years actually and he was the, the the Anglo that spoke Spanish. He grew up in East L.A., Boyle Heights, and um, that was his strength. He was a, yeah, wasn't big in terms of today, like I used to be big, but in today, Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's some monsters yeah. that kick my ass, kick my butt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, and, you know, so... They didn't work out. He was a Marine. They didn't work out. So I grew up with my my crazy mother. And you never ask, did you go to school? <laughs> I never did. Right. I mean, it wasn't even around. So, yeah, I don't even know where she did. I mean, she had her own wildlife. Anyway, I started working at 13. And I've always had a job. I mean, even in college, I always worked. And usually 40 hours a week my first two years of community college because my son went to Stanford and the other one went to UT, and I say that's all right. I went to about five junior colleges. That <laughs> wow! <laughs> so, but that's that's awesome too. And and I've taken you come with us to some classes where you tell students that I love it because a lot of times they're sitting in community college. That's where I'm. That's where I'm best because I went to community colleges, and you know, 
people, young people are smart. Doesn't matter where they come from. It's even if you're behind, what is it, six months behind? It isn't hard. You need to read two books. Maybe you're two books behind the, the smart kid. <laughs> but come on, you can do it. I'll show you the books. Here, read this and read this. There you go. You're on. Go. So anyway, me, you know, out of college, I, I you know, the crazy era. Um, I didn't. I had no vision. I knew nobody, nobody going to college. I never, I was just telling you earlier, I read, somebody said something about, I am, my counselor only said, this is somebody my age, I think. My counselor only said this, and I'm like, you had a counselor? <laughs> I had vice principals. Right. Seriously. Right. I never had a counselor, except there what class I was being sent into next. Right. And so, anyway, when I got out, is Vietnam, and it was very clear, <laughs> you know, people were a year older than me were coming back and saying, uh-oh, <laughs> don't walk the point. Right. And I'm like, oh, I think I'll go to junior college and think about this. What happened to me is I went to community college, and I realized I didn't know anything. Mm. I loved school. Wow. I loved every single class I took. Geography. I'm going to study geography from <laughs> now on. Social. I love sociology. I love everything. I loved everything. And I didn't want to go to Vietnam. And I hung in there. Nobody I knew. I was everybody, you know, a couple friends started, you know, fire science. They major in fire science and right. failed. Right. <laughs> you know, fire science was you, you get to become a fireman. One of my, my stepfather was a L.A. fireman at the mm -hmm. time, too. And um, so anyway, a long story short, I got my degrees in philosophy and religion because I don't know if I'm allowed to discuss the what kind of intoxicants I was taking <laughs> but but it was the era I got to be forgiven because everybody was doing right. that right and um and then you know by the time I got out of college it was never unclear to me that I wasn't going to get a job once I really realized you know I'm not going to be a professor it was my dream but I realized I just very much in a lot of ways like I am now as a writer, I don't really like standing in front of people and telling them things and talk. I really didn't like mm. it. So I immediately got a job, luckily, and, and doing construction. And then I went on for the next 16 years doing construction. My girlfriend became my wife. She, We had one baby and then two. And I worked. I went from a laborer and a bricklayer to a, a carpenter. I joined the union, became a, a journeyman union carpenter, mostly high-rise. I did high-rises in Los Angeles for, yeah, 12 years. Good money when you had the work. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so meanwhile, I was writing. I began writing. And why is that? Because when I first started doing high-rise construction, in El Paso, Texas, I was across the street from the English department at what was a, an add-on to the museum. And they were going up two stories, which is what high-rises all do, except maybe they'll go 50. Right. 
and I was there. I decided I was trying to write a novel. It was a Chicano hippie novel. <laughs> it was a terrible novel. I still have a few pages that I'm not embarrassed to show. Look how bad I was. <laughs> Did you have a name for the novel? Look, okay, I think it was Look Right Ahead and You're Dead. It was from the Rolling Stones. <laughs> and um, anyway, I finished this terrible novel while at UTEP, you know, sub, you know teaching um, part-time. Yeah. And uh, you know, I got I sent it to agents and publishers, and you know, it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> but I got one guy who said some of this is really good. It was a Alfred A. Knopf. Some of this is oh, really wow. good. Some of this is really awful. <laughs> yeah. And I remember saying, "Well, I'll tell you what. Let's focus on the good, and I'll reduce the awful next time." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that isn't how it works, right. <laughs> and especially when it was, you know, hippie Chicano, you know, <laughs> and uh, whatever. But coincidentally, who was there when I was doing this? Ray Carver. Oh wow, Raymond Carver was a visiting writer. I who had no idea what a story was, but a short story. So whoa, 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 whoa. Raymond Carver. Was a visiting author yeah. at UTEP. Yeah. He was visiting for a year with Tess Gallagher. Gallagher. Wow. But I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what creative writing was. Right. I was working. I was a carpenter across the street. Right, right. <laughs> right. And, um, and uh, I just went to his door and say, when they offered me a job, you know, yeah. they didn't know that I didn't have a degree in, in English. Right. And all these things, I didn't say a word about and i remember writing him a note saying hello i'm your colleague <laughs> I, I was being funny even then right. and um and i thought nobody knows what creative writing is i just read his stories and he was quote working class unquote right and i'm like i'm working working in the working class yeah. his I mean, I thought he was a really good writer, everybody, but I didn't think he was working class. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll write working class. And I wrote my first story for him, um, which was down in the West Texas town. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's dope. And uh, and then that I took me off. And then it, history. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but now, of course, what's great is, especially with that background, People can actually touch bases with, uh, with some of the work and get an idea for um, for some of the pieces you have now. Um, we're going to do a little break for some poetry. Got it. And then we're going to come back, talk about upcoming work, including Wisache. What's going on with Wisache? The novel you're finishing as well. And, of course, tomorrow night is the big event at the Museum of Fine Arts Houston, 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. It is free. You can RSVP at NuestraPalabra.org or on the line. And we've got some other folks coming in the studio in a little bit. We've got uh, Jose out there who performed for a little bit for us. But give us another poem that you're going to share tomorrow night as we get uh, Jose into the studio. Sweet. Uh, so this poem is entitled uh, Aguacero. Um, and this is uh, during... I actually wrote this in the middle of Harvey um, with lots of thoughts on the brain in terms of like what was to happen next. Um Aguacero. I think I read in the Washington Post that if you were to take all the water at the time of the article's publication, 
nine trillion gallons of water that fell on this bayou city and spread that across. The water would fill the whole country three pennies high. And the next day, this is all I could find. Bronze faces waiting in the streets, brown faces clinking around the gutters, bits bouncing off my roof, coin wrapping all of the branches. A heavy that cracked the road, a soak that weighed down my boots, I still have a metal taste in my mouth. Perhaps I shouldn't have stood outside so long watching the neighborhood fill up but i was thirsty and the banks closed and i was hungry and my pockets crested empty i am glad we started collecting pennies together we can pass those out to hands that need them to the mouths that need feed cover the wishes we're told along the way so now is that in the new collection that is actually in the new collection i just right now my brain is blah and i can't remember where in the collection i want to say it's like in the third part we can't remember the page number i can't hear the page 45 (laughs) uh with some index stuff fantastic so So we'll be giving you sneak previews of why i am like tequila the collection coming out by lupa mendez we hope that you will support it and we'll announce other readings as well that's right and uh, right now we have in the studio with us Dr. Sparza is going to tell us about the Teja Sol event. Thanks for coming down. Oh, well, thanks for having us. We really appreciate the space that uh, that you always provide for us uh, in terms of trying to promote some of these programs and some of the events that we think are super important for the community and scholars and children. And so thank you for having us. Uh, I have also some some colleagues here with me um, who, uh, who I let them introduce themselves and we all sort of play different roles at this event taking place this Saturday. And tell us what the event is first. So the event is called Tejas Got Soul. In fact, we have the founder here who can really sort of uh, explain it better than I could. But it's, it's, it's an event that's designed to do several things. It's a block party is how it's been explained to me, right? Uh, but, uh, yeah, no. And, and so what we want to do is we want to invite uh, everyone that is able, able and capable of coming out uh, to please participate and joining us over at the Morales uh, Music Hall. Uh, uh, Radio Hall, excuse me. And uh, to come and, and listen to a panel, uh, meet some musicians, share their stories, uh, re- uh, record their own history, their own family history, and those kinds of things. And uh, so that's what this is. It's 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 an event. It's a music event. It's a block party event that celebrates uh, la, you know Chicano history, Chicano music, the Hano music, and those kinds of things. Very cool. Let- and tell us about find uh, the starting it. Okay, so uh, my name is Isaac Rodriguez. I'm a local DJ here in Houston. Um, the house got so started off as a, a DJ crew with me and Nick Gaitan. Um, Nick. Our uh, our uh, our main deal was to uh, to uh, spin uh, these records that we've been collecting and and uh, that we've been um, just you know inheriting from our family. It was basically a bunch of uh, Chicano early Tejano and Chicano records where we would we'd set up on at the DNW on Sundays and we play all this you know Chicano music from the 50s 60s and what, 70s what are some examples uh, okay like the Rock and V's they were a Chicano rock and roll band from Houston Texas they started here in the late 50s they went on to become the Sunny and the Sunliners 
uh, Sonny was is from San Antonio, but he came to Houston and he recruited the Rock and V's as the first Sunliners. A lot of people don't know that Houston connection there. When Sonny signed to Teardrop Records, Huey Moe brought him over to Houston, and they got the Rock and V's to back him up. So you'll you'll come out and you'll hear stuff like this, you know, the Sunliners, you hear the Rock and V's, the Stardusters, Rocky Gill and the Bishops. All these bands were from Houston. They were Chicano bands. They played soul. They played R and B. They played onda, which was early. Tejano music, you know, before it was called Tejano, it was called La Onda Chicana. And uh, Manuel Mendiola, funny thing about him is we were playing his music at the bar, not knowing that he was in the bar. Oh, wow. Yeah, so so that's just the beautiful thing. You know, we set up shop in the East End and Second Ward, and uh, that's where you can catch Tejas Got Soul. So basically, we hooked up with uh, Mary, uh, Mary and Pat. Uh, shout out to them for uh, for all the work they've done with us. Um, they uh, Mary Manning from the Houston Public Library. Uh, the, the University of Houston Special Collections. I'm sorry, University of Houston Special Collections, and um, um, Pat Jasper. They've been helping us out a lot, and um, you know, with them, they they kind of heard our story and thought this is so cool. We need to get you guys. You know, what would you guys think about doing this as a project for the community, and you know, getting everybody involved, and you know, so. Basically, it just went from there, and that's where, you know, this Saturday is going to be the the event. The Hascazo is going to be. We're putting uh, Manuel Mendiola, Jesse Casas, uh, Nick Gaitan, and special guest Archie Bell is going to be there. You can't have a a Texas Soul party without Mr. <laughs> Texas Soul. Yeah. So we invited him out. He's going to come. He's going to do Tighten Up. We're going to have a uh, Boots Barbecue. They're going to be making brisket out there and. It's going to be a block party. The street's going to be closed. We're going to have a Veteranos Tejanos car club. They're providing the lowriders and the, the bombs. Because, cool. you know, what, what Chicano event isn't, like, oh, complete, complete without, complete without, <laughs> without the cars. So you may mention of there's an oral history component, uh, uh, an oral collections kind of piece to it. Um, what? Tell me a little bit more uh, about that. Yeah. So one of the things that we're doing also is we are con- we're going to be conducting several uh, holding several storytelling booths, and that's basically an, uh, an opportunity to allow persons at the event. The event's from three to seven this Saturday, and persons at the event after the panel, we want them to come in and share their stories with us, stories about anything related to their own experiences listening to this music growing up where they went, what they danced to, why they danced to that, what their style was, why they dressed the way they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that we can capture their stories. And these stories, they last about 15 minutes, these interviews. It'll be about a 30-minute with prep and close down, but it's about a 15-minute talk. But it, it does several things. One is it makes the, the, the history of these persons and their families very super important. That's one of the things that I always want persons to know is that your history is as important as anybody else's. Yeah. The other thing that we're going to do is we're going to preserve these at the special collections, at the Texas Got Soul Very cool. uh, uh, collections, and these are going to be housed over at the University of Houston in the special collections uh, division there. Uh, and so they'll be there you, uh, and available for researchers and available for educators for educational purposes. And right, like I say all the time, for a thousand years from now, right, those stories will still, be, still there, be there. People yeah. will, will be able to learn about other person's experiences listening to this kind of music. And so, uh, and this, could, Tony and I are always having conversations about like organizing stuff. The the logistics behind like putting together the 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 actual like videoing or the audio of it, like is that through UH or is there anybody else that you're partnering with? It's, a, it it's a collaborative effort. Uh, Mary Manning reached out to me and, and asked if I can show up with some equipment and I'm going to show up with a tablet. Perfect. And get it done that way. That's yeah, how I do yeah, most yeah. of all my oral histories. The technology today is, is, is it's it's fascinating. It's fantastic, right, and it's, right. and it makes it very easy so that we all really can become sort of these documentarians and stuff like so that. So, what time does this start? It starts at three o'clock. Three o'clock. And you so it sounds like it's a block party. So you say you show up. There's panels. There's music. There's barbecue. 
you can wander and do your own t- recording as well. So, and there's also an into that, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll turn it over here uh, to uh, to Matt. But there's also uh, we also will have several booths there where where personally come and engage in in, in preservation of their photographs and those kinds of things. That's but I'll let awesome. Matt talk talk okay, about cool, that. Cool, cool. Sure thing. Welcome, guys. welcome, uh, Matt Richardson. Correct. Yes. Awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you all for having us. So I'm in the Houston Metropolitan Research Center. That's part of Houston mm. Public Library. Yay! My favorite place. Oh, great. Well, yeah, I love it. I'm very fortunate to be able to walk into the Edison Building every day. Um, so I'm in the photography archives, and we're par- excited to partner with this in order to support the scanning and digitization efforts. So they've already mentioned the storytelling component and the bands and all the other things happening. We're going to be showing up with scanners, and we're going to sit down and invite people to bring in all their documents. They've talked about being able to create people's history and let them take it home and preserve it, but also to form this Tejas Gutzel archive that's going to be at the University of Houston where people can go and access it. So in addition to the stories, we're asking people to bring out their album covers, their concert tickets, their posters, their flyers, their information on napkins, whatever they have. Exactly. That's pretty cool. And we'll scan it in. They'll walk in with a flash drive with a copy of it digitized, and then we'll also add a copy into the archives. That's wow, awesome. that's um, great. So, because I want to make sure that we we do this part. Um, Dr. Uh, Jesus Jesse Espanosa is an assistant professor at the history in the College of Liberal Arts and Behavioral Sciences at TSU, uh, where he has taught since 2009. Uh, his area of expertise in the history of Latinos in the United States with an emphasis on civil rights activism. Matt Richardson is a photography archive supervisor at the Houston Public Library's Houston Metropolitan Research Center and past president of the Archivists of Houston area. Uh, he's working with colleagues both at the library and as part of the national network to establish memory lab in the public library. Uh, thank you, man. That's yo. That's a lot. What's for the a website? Is there a website stuff. for this? Or it's a, there's a Facebook, Facebook event. Tejas okay. Got Soul uh, Facebook event, okay. and there is actually a website. Uh, TejasGotSoul dot com. Oh, Fantastic. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Sounds great. Thank you so much for keeping us posted on it, and uh, we'll see you again. We're going to be working together for the. Uh, cultural capital talk on Afro Latinos. Correct. I'll uh, be there. May eighth. So Absolutely. you're you're always busy. Thank you. And I'll be there tomorrow too. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, Thank yeah, you so yeah. much. Appreciate. Absolutely. I'll give you a couple more because need more, and we'll we'll pass those. Over. Bring some tomorrow. Let's pass some of the flyers it. out tomorrow. You got it. We can we announce will. it. Thank you so much, guys. Well, thanks for Keep up us. the great work. Thank you. This Saturday, three to seven. See you there. Three to seven. Yeah, it'll be, be good to show, yeah, man. We good. We need to talk more because I got some archive stuff that I need to talk to you about. Oh, awesome. Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and instead of music, we're gonna have po- uh, poet Lupe Mendez flow again as we wait for Jorge uh, for Jose Torres Tama to get in the studio. He's gonna tell us about his play coming up and perform a little bit for us. But give us another poem, poet. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Let me pull up a quick piece. Um, this is, um, I told you to have it ready. I, <laughs> this is everyone. Poem. This is, this is what 21 years of Nuestra Palabra gets you. It gets you Tony yelling at me like, like I'm just the talent. <laughs> and applause. The, right. Yeah. Applause for that poem. That right. was good. Uh, that's, and that's the poem. That's the poem. Uh, prayer of workhorse. Oh, body, do not corner me. Do not grind me into paycheck. Give me a moment of you, body, a morsel slash laugh slash eye contact, a moment past a season in the sun. In the winter, let me rest. Reposo, give me some time to poet, some time to scribble. Moon times a hundred blue mark black out page stages. I teach in a brick box. I am metal, an insurance horse. Don't even have time for my own dentist slash space slash subble while when I finally die, cry, dream, someone will have to find me a substitute. 
They will be the only one who will think of me in the fall. Where did he put all those things? And I will have to put myself together outside the urn, go back to work, show them where I put those things, then ask them if they need help. I carry around a dead voice vase full of wind. Wander with me, body. Let me sleep, sleep, sleep in for the next few days. Pen a particular pillar, mirror it, wordsmith the wick out of it, out of long words, out of short words, a word weak. Maybe that is what I needed just a week. I cannot depend on you to hear me. You ask too much already. You so caught up in you, you only listen for the word you. Funny, I did write them with you in me in mind. Lupe Mendez reading from his upcoming collection, Why I Am Like Tequila. What? Now, I do want to remind folks that uh, you'll be there tomorrow with some sneak previews. Yes. So we're looking forward to that. Museum of Fine Arts Houston, 630. Yeah. I had the privilege of being at your uh, MFA thesis dissertation, yes. one of the most fulfilling experiences I've ever had. And thank you. Which is wonderful. Thank you, boss. And you've also been published in Wisatia, right? Yes, I was. I think I was. Pu Yo, that is one of my favorite all-time stories of my life. When anybody asks me about where I've been published, uh, tiny, tiny story. Dago has his reading at the San Antonio Library. Uh, For before the, the end, end, after, after the, the beginning. beginning. Uh, and I'm like totally nervous because Tony's like, hey, it's a reading. We did a bunch of flyers. And then two minutes before uh, showtime. Before uh, you get there, it was the like the, the Latino Emmys, Latino yeah, Grammys, yeah, because it because, was all the raza, San Cisneros, Ito Romo, Nani Hapshai, in the audience. In the audience, and they're just sitting there, and then Doug was like, hey, guys, and they're like, hi, and I literally look out, and I'm talking to Brian, high-tech Aztec, and I was like, Brian, is that San Cisneros in the audience? Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I had a fanboy moment, I read the poems, and then within, like, 20 minutes... Sandra says, "Don't you have? Do you have a collection together yet?" And to which, embarrassingly, I said, "No, not yet." And then I remember somebody yelling out, "Someone should publish this boy!" And then somebody yelled out, "Dago!" And then Dago said, "Give me the two of those, and we'll put them in the next issue." And I said, uh, "My mouth just dropped," and that was I, the actual f third set of poems that had ever gotten published and so like i thank you out of the bottom of my heart from helping ascend like where this career begins like but that's awesome that's stuff. that's how important we such is so yeah, what's up is. with the current issue uh, we should have gotten a such by now no well okay so the current issue is the one you have the pink cover with chewy venitas chewy. the next one that's being h9 presumably right now is on hi hiatus because let's let's just say we're having we being me <laughs> and the University of Houston Victoria are having um, legal disputes. Wow! And um, so, as long as I am insecure about my employment, it's hard for me to pursue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To sort of accept. Well, I got problems with that. I don't like that the magazine is being held up. That really is bothersome, especially because it's important to writers right. like us. Secondly, I don't like that they got beef with you because they should be happy that you're there. Well, that would be I, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would prefer it that way. Well, um, and I mean, I don't I don't make the statement lightly that 
you are considered the godfather of Chicano literature and American letters. So it makes no sense to me why they would not treat you as such, which the implication would be that if they've got beef, they don't get it. So they need to get it. Well, you know, I mean, uh, this far, what has been in, in action, we have an EEOC complaint. Holy cow. And um, things, are, things are happening, and um, we'll see. They have a contention. I have, I mean, I'm a full senior, tenured, full professor, and where I came in to the university, and they're sort of deciding that um, it's... It's not. It isn't what I've always thought it was. So right. we're having. Uh, right. There's a lot of problems with that, including yeah. if you're tenure, it doesn't sound like this should be an issue. And we're talking about the leading Chicano writer that's multicultural. We're talking about a tenured professor. And I didn't have time to read out your whole resume. I don't think there's many, if any, writers as widely published in his prestigious magazine. So I, I, I got a real problem with all this. I, I, I also want to... I don't to, know if you can talk about... I mean, I don't want to get in trouble either, but I got problems with all this. So there's there's something to that that's directly connected, and I loved how the show is working out. Um, as we have our interview with uh, uh, Jose Torres Tama, the connection between the vitality and the necessity of the collections and the books that are out there, we have already run into publishing houses that shut down, Right. Like the people that are putting down the books and putting them together, like that's the thing that we have to keep looking at. And so to say that that there is an issue that's arising, like it's 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 a life or death matter in terms of the art form, right? And so these are the things that we have to pay attention to. Will, so, will you keep us posted? Absolutely. All right. When, if you're listening um, right now, later, we're gonna stay on top of this because I tell you what, I tell you what, it is it is terrible if you've got a Hispanic Serving Institute, not serving Hispanics. One, change the name. It should be Latino at least or Mexican or, or Latinx Serving Institute. Hispanic's the old word. And secondly, maybe you're serving, you're serving us by getting funding and funds by having a bunch of us there but not getting to the bottom of So we're going to stay on top of this. I, I have a lot of issues to deal with that too. Um, We'll stay on top of that. Thank you, Tagoberto. And uh, in the studio with us, you you felt the energy emanating. It's Jose Torres Tama. Yes. Writer, poet, renegade scholar. (laughs) He is here in town performing aliens, immigrants, and other evil doors. And he's got the shirt. No guacamole for immigrant haters. That's right, baby. Sci-fi Latino noir. And just to give the audience a little bit of a taste, you know, because there's nothing like being a Nuestra Palabra live. So, so verde, como me siento, verde, extraterrestre, verde, si mi tarjeta, verde, que supuestamente me marca como verde, ilegal. Uh, I feel a little black and blue and green, extraterrestrial, my favorite, Martian green. Supposedly illegal with the green card undocumented here to stay green like the first illegal aliens pilgrims green since the pilgrims since the pilgrims since the pilgrims arrived without papers why were they not deported with Columbus and his three ships they the Europeans the Europeans the Europeans were the first illegal aliens in hemispheric Americas take that to the bank baby darling boo hoo 
you green i feel a little alien green extraterrestrial green my favorite martian green supposedly the golden green card undocumented green distrustful snake green odious adela jealous thespian green broccoli broccoli of the many meals we pick for you green guacamole you can't live without green jalapeno revolution here we come green green of your paper greenbacks that we earn that we earn because of our cactus green spirit that will boycott the Arizona venom green inside the law that leaks the pus green of infected minds and polluted battery acid green souls. But I know not all you green, not all you green, not all you gringos hate like that. Like that green greed that exploits immigrant labor and our alien vulnerability as endangered as the swamp green of Louisiana threatened by British petroleum logo green, black oil spill transforming the green blue waters of the Gulf into a green piece of emergency with their future lives that the oil, that the oil, that the oil has just disappeared into the green ecosphere. Take that to the bank, baby, darling. Verde, como me siento. Verde, extraterrestre. Verde, sin mi tarjeta. Verde. And you, and you, you agent orange of chaos. You agent orange of chaos with your orange comb over. Hiding the many burning crosses on fire. Hiding the many burning crosses on fire that ignite, that ignite, that ignite to fewer fever pitch. Every time you give another speech. Every time you give another speech to make Make America hate again. You and your deplorable minions with that previous Jefferson Beauregard sessions at your side, a living monument to the Confederacy who legislated that zero tolerance policy in 2018. You and your deplorable minions, because it's not like you're putting cages, it's not like you're putting children in cages, right? No, because we're supposed to be apparently better than this. Well, baby, the United States of Amnesia, the United States of Amnesia seduces you to embrace forgetting that the beacon of democracy was founded on the near genocide and extermination of native people. Uh, take that to the bank, baby, darling, boo. And the United States of Amnesia seduces you to embrace forgetting that the empire, that the empire, that the empire was built on the enslavement of Africans. Their body transformed into chattel, into property. Take that to the bank, baby, darling, boo, who, you and the United States of Amnesia seduces you to embrace forgetting that the empire manifested imperial destiny by appropriating, stealing the northern territories of Mexico, from Texas, from Texas, to California, to Oklahoma, to Arizona, to Nevada, to Utah, ooh baby, take that to the bank, baby, darling, boo, who, you, in my universe, there's no, there's no, there's no guacamole for immigrant haters. And you, Agent Orange of Chaos, and you're the problem, minions. You, you can't even go near the chips. Aliens, immigrants, and other evildoers uh, will actually be on this Friday and Saturday, April 5th and April 6th, 8 p.m. at Mecca. 
as much energy as I remember wow. your bomb. Bomb! Well, that beautiful <laughs> workshop. But, you know, El Padrino here and, and El Tony Diaz who've seen me perform live at GCSU a number of years ago. And Mecca, let's not, let's make sure we sing the praises for Mecca and yeah, Alice Valdez, who's Changed been doing world. it, right, who's bringing years. so much. You know, they're going to bring Paul Flores and we got Ide yeah, in here yeah. coming back. You know, uh, she's brought in so many important artists that tour nationally with the National Performance Network. So, you know, it's a brilliant pinch honor, an honor for me to be here with you. <clears throat> Um, but I'm so deeply grateful. You know, I'm so deeply grateful, brother Lupe and brother over here, the El Padrino de Chicano You talk to me like that? You talk to me like that? That's awesome. No, and of course, the saying, no guacamole for immigrant haters, is very real right now because. Trump says he's going to close the border, which I don't even know how he could do that, except for the legal entry points, which would stop the commerce and stop the avocados from coming. To, that's prophetic. Like, if you didn't know it prior to all this, like, the, the, the shirt, like, the message, what, 2015? The, the, Bro, I've been saying this since 2011 with aliens, immigrants, no, and other evildoers. Like, like, I, got it, the I got the shirt copyrighted back in 2014. But in addition, that's when we're going to have gringo, white gringo rebellion. You know, when the guacamole starts coming in, you're going to have white California gringos like, <laughs> setting up and, and rebelling against the border and bringing people in themselves, I'm right, telling you. Right. You stop the guacamole here, you <laughs> stop the avocados, Man. there's going to be rebellion. you got to stop it and check that out at Mecca this weekend. And I want to thank Dagoberto Gil for coming in. Thank you for all you do, Dagoberto. Thank you for all you guys are doing. Man, Our champion. Stuff. Looking forward to seeing all of you tomorrow at the birthday party. It will start at 6.30 p.m. at the Museum of Fine Arts, Houston. And then make sure that you catch alien immigrants and other evildoers over the weekend, Friday and Saturday, 8 p.m. at Multicultural Education and Counseling for the Arts, or as we know at Mecca, uh, there in... Uh, 1900, Ward, Kane 1900 Kane Street, no sixth ward. Thank uh, you, Q. Thank you for running the board. Thank you, thank Letty. you guys. Letty thank you, Madeline and Madeline for doing the work. Yo, that's a good time. Thank you for having me here. No, Beautiful. by all means, thank brother. You, Appreciate it. Just it's this has all been two decades in the making, but I I promise you, this has been a great push run. Nothing will be the same after tomorrow. We've been planning. We're gonna take it in the overdrive so if you liked what we've done these first two decades wait Get till you ready. see what's coming Feliz you're 21 bro now you could drink some of that tequila that, <laughs> that he says he's like we'll find out if he is like it <laughs> 21 Mr. Yeah. Palabra, you're That's old enough right. to drink yeah. now Feliz what's inside the piñata <laughs> you will find out mañana folks you've been listening to Nuestra Palabra Latino writers having their say on the air uh, this has been a good run. Man, I came back at a good time to co-host slash throw some poems down. So, yeah. And we are out. Tony Diaz, Libertad, saying I will see you soon. Gracias. Ciao. No matter where you are on the political spectrum, KPFT is a daily check-in on the workings of democracy. Part of a democracy is an independent press and media. Media like this is supposed to be the check and balance on government. And community radio is one of the few media outlets left that is completely independent. That's why, in this age of the greatest media consolidation America has ever seen, having different voices out there 
there is essential. KPFT has been around since 1970, and we have survived through the contributions of people like you. Listeners who donate to KPFT support us because they know that's what keeps KPFT independent. Why wait for a pledge drive? You can join KPFT online at kpft.org. Thomas Jefferson said, People cannot be both ignorant and free. Help keep KPFT vibrant with your financial contribution. Visit kpft.org to join securely online. This is commercial-free, listener-sponsored Pacifica Radio, KPFT Houston. Many of us know someone looking to sell or just get rid of an old car, truck, RV, or motorcycle. It may be just taking up room in the garage or driveway. Sometimes the cost of the repair just doesn't make a sale even worth it. And as we all look for tax deductions at the end of the year, you may want to consider donating that unwanted vehicle, running or not. KPFT can have the vehicle towed away at no charge to you. The owner, you, get a tax receipt for deductions at the end of the year, a KPFT membership, and the satisfaction of knowing that old vehicle went to a good cause. It's a win all the way around. So just call toll-free 1-855-KPFT-CAR. That's 1-855-573-8227. No matter if it's a car, truck, scooter, farm equipment, just about any kind of vehicle, we can take care of it. Just call 1-855-KPFT 